So, Berto, people talk a lot today, including yourself, about how the American political situation is such that people are polarized a lot. You have people on one side of the fence, you have people on the other side of the fence, and never the twain shall meet. No, this is not true. It's not true? Not at all. I get it. I actually was sent an article about this, and I thought we would review it. I haven't, I haven't had time to really read it, so it, this might be a little rambly as we sort of uh, walk ourselves sure. through this article. What do you rambly think? is our middle name. This is the Psychology in Seattle podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kirk Honda. I'm a therapist, a professor, and I think I would call myself a progressive. Who are you, Berto? My name is Humberto Castaneda, and I pay people in third world countries to start caravans. To start caravans? Yep. Interesting. So this article was sent to me, I can't remember by who, it's uh, called The Hidden Tribes of America, and it is on hiddentribes.us. Huh. So it's, the Hidden it's, Tribes. I, I, wait. I must have seen this linked from somewhere. That sounds really familiar. So it's just it's hidden it's a, tribes. Yeah, it's a website. Someone posted it on Facebook. Okay. So it's a it's a website that's just called Hidden Tribes of America. Okay. So it talks about how, you know, there's a lot of polarization and they go into some examples. And I find this actually is pretty interesting because instead of the typical rhetoric of uh, just glancing on the surface, which I find that a lot of people do of various different ilks this actually gets into atti- actual attitudes, political positions that people will take. So, for example, Umberto, let me ask you, uh, regarding the immigration, mm-hmm. the impact of immigration, which do you agree with more? So there's two, okay. two positions. Immigration is good for America, helping sectors of our economy to be more successful and competitive, or Immigration nowadays is bad for America, costing the welfare system and using resources that could be spent on Americans. Which, ones, which one do you agree with more? Uh, more with A, yeah. the first one. So first off, I just want to say, so in their research that they polled people, whenever you have a forced A or B uh, question, it, it gives a particular kind of answer, right? And it pre-pol- pre-polarizes. Right. So say you're like 51%, right. well, then you now it's have that to go all the way. Yeah, you have to choose one or the other side. So, but it's not hard to imagine. So this, so they found that this is half and half. It's 51% to 49%. So but you could have, we could have done like rated from, rate each one of these from one to five or whatever. Yeah, that would have been more interesting to me yeah. personally. But at the very least, it is kind of interesting that, that when you force people to choose, And again, it's not hard to imagine that we have half of the United States that are basically saying immigration is good for America, and the other half are saying immigration is bad for America. Right. Uh, And it's just your your opinion, man. We've talked about immigration before. It's a complicated thing, and in some ways, it'd be nice if there wasn't such a thing as immigration. We didn't have any borders, and... There were no economic divides in terms of land. You know, just because right. you're born in Bolivia doesn't mean that you shouldn't have the same uh, opportunities as someone born in Seattle. Right. It doesn't seem right, right? Right. It's and, just unfortunate. It's hard enough to agree on things within a city. So agreeing at the country level seems really difficult for humans. Wait, what What was that? I don't. How was that related to what I was saying? Because like, the reason the borders exist is because people can't agree on stuff. Oh, 
I so see. like, you know, in, in, in Latin America and South America, Bolivar, tr- Bolivar tried to have five countries united into one mega country. And they just ended up fighting and disagreeing and splitting up. And it's because people can't agree. Right. Right. Hence so, why the Civil War, hence why all this stuff, you know. Okay. I guess, yeah, we would still be an English colony if, if we agreed with things. Yeah. Okay, sexual harassment. Uh, which do you agree with more? Sexual harassment is commonplace nowadays, or nowadays too many ordinary behaviors are labeled as sexual harassment. Which one do you agree with? Well, I, the first one implies that it wasn't common before, but it is common now. Yeah. So I sort of don't agree with either. But yeah. if I was going to agree more with one, I guess the first one. Because the second one is so disagreeable. Well, the, the second one now makes it sound like, well, it's the, so the second one is true, but for the wrong reasons. What do you it mean? is true that now we label more things as harassment. And that's a good thing. But it makes it sound like it's well, a bad Well, no, thing. it says too many ordinary behaviors are labeled. Oh, okay, yeah. So that's actually, you're right. That goes a little too far. Yeah. That's saying, well, it's not harassment. Right. Right. But I don't disagree that there were things that previously, a decade ago, two, two decades ago, were not really considered bad. Like, of course, the boss grabbed the secretary's ass as she walked by. Yeah. But again, what this susses out is whether or not you're on the right or the left. Yeah. And the you know sexual harassment is commonplace nowadays is a left position and uh, the other one is a right position. And we have a 49-51% split again in the United States. Uh, so far, one of... So far, the first one is, you know, empathetic towards immigrants. The second one's empathetic towards people not wanting to be harassed. (laughs) Right. Well, what the right would say is the first one is empathetic towards Americans. Sure. And the second one is empathetic towards innocent. People getting accused. Yeah. Yeah. White privilege, uh, A or B. Many white people today don't recognize the real advantages they have or... Nowadays, white people do not have a real advantage over others. Um, the first one is people, white people don't recognize the advantages. And then the second one is white people don't have an advantage. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd agree more with the first one. Let me put it this way. Do you know who Jesse Peterson is? Jesse Peterson? Jesse. No. Okay. He is this uh, black talk show host and what was that um, Uncle Tom's Cabin? Like Uncle Tom, you know how they call Uncle Tom's traitors, mm-hmm. right? He, if Which you, is actually a bit of a funny thing when they call people Uncle Tom because oh, yeah? if you actually read the book and know the historical context of the Uncle Tom character, it's, uh-huh. it, it, shouldn't be, oh, it shouldn't be It shouldn't be an insult. All right, well, whatever anyway, the case but, may but be, this what, yeah. guy is the ultimate. I was just watching him talk about how he was being interviewed by Gavin McInnes, who's the... McGinnis, sorry, or whatever, the founder of the Proud Boys, which is a whole separate thing we could talk about. Yeah. But, you're, you're just dropping all sorts of stuff. I have yeah. no idea what you're talking but, about. But he was uh, – this guy, Jesse Peterson, again, he's, he's a black guy, right? He was saying uh, racism has never existed. And then the other guy's like, well, what, what do you mean? And th- this other guy, by the way, is considered – like alt-righty and all these things. And yet he's like, whoa, 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 what do you mean? It's like, what about in like the segregation South and all these things? He's like, I grew up in segregation. I, I had to go to a school that was black only. There was a sign, no, no, uh, in the white school, there was a sign, no blacks allowed and stuff. He's like, well, wasn't that racist? Like, no, that was just the Democrats passing laws to like, you know, keep people apart. But we were happy and we were liked each other. It was fine. 
So these are the kind of things that, that he's saying, right? So I'm sitting there thinking, wow, <laughs> like this, this is the, the extreme lack of like self-awareness and awareness or the extreme maliciousness of the rhetoric, right? Well, the thing that I will say when I hear people say that is that they're totally, absolutely entitled to their take on their own life. There, there's, there's nothing wrong with saying, in my, I grew up in the South, I'm a black man, and you know what? Like, racism, it's not as bad as the way people in Seattle portray it as being in the South. He's literally saying there was no racism. I know, but, that, <laughs> but, that, but he, he's like exaggerating to make a point, or he literally believes that. But the point is, is he's entitled to that take on his own life. But to deny the reality of statistics and, That's literally what he's doing. and he's, research yeah. is... He's not just saying there's no racism right now. Because that was how the conversation started. Saying, not only is there no racism, there's never been racism. Right. 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 So in answer to your question, yes, absolutely, there is, still, there is still an advantage, even sadly, even in this day and age, there's still an advantage uh, in, in many different facets in this country and in probably some other uh, European or other countries if you are a white person. Well, I would say, more generally, in every society, there are races who are privileged, whether that's in yes. India and you're light-skinned yep. or you're Filipino and you're light-skinned yep. or you're in Jamaica and you're dark-skinned or whatever the, you know. No, actually, no. In, even in those societies, the white-skinned one is still the privileged one. <laughs> okay. But even in Latin America, if you're light-skinned, that's, you're the privileged one. Okay. The only exception I could think of is now in post-apartheid South Africa, maybe. Well, there's, there's tiny examples, like in Hawaii, for example, the white people are in the minority, uh, like, the, like a very severe minority. And underprivileged? And they probably have some privileges, being that they're white in America, in, in Hawaii is an American state, but they also are absolutely discriminated against and, okay. bu and bullied. They, they have... I think, have I told you about this? They, they have oh. a day called Kill Howley Day. What? So Howley's a, 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 a word for white person. Okay. And there's a day in, I don't know if, I don't know the, the situation today, but I know definitely in the past that there, it's like in, it's like in late in the school year and it's, Jesus. it's, it's just called Kill Howley Day and like bands of, of Hawaiian people who are not white uh, you know, it's usually like they're a mixture of Filipino, Japanese, Chinese, uh, mm -hmm. Portuguese, you know, they're usually, and maybe native Hawaiian. Uh, they're sort of a mixture of those kinds of things. And they'll just find a random white kid and like pound on him. Oh my God. Yeah. So, right. so that's a bad pocket. <laughs> but, but my point is, is that every society has a privileged class. It's, it's not necessarily a white Europeans. It often is due to colonialism and all Yeah, I'd say probably like. The but, default in in modern times, I don't know, last fifteen hundred, two thousand years has been the the lighter skin. Well, I, I mean, I, I, obviously in Latin America, in the Americas, but you know, in Japan, for example, like Japanese people uh, privilege Japanese people, you know. So uh, it you just really have to, and it's not like Chinese people are like necessarily really looking up to white people do you know like you have to enter those societies and really get an idea of like how they have rankings mm -hmm. absolutely in the americas i mean that's you know due to the common maybe we could rephrase it as any place that was colonized 
by the white. Well, that's my point. Is like it yeah. doesn't. It, Which it, is most of the world. <laughs> Islamophobia, A or B, Berto. Many people nowadays don't take discrimination against Muslims seriously enough. Do you agree with which statement? Many people nowadays don't take discrimination against Muslims seriously enough, or many people nowadays are too sensitive to how Muslims are treated. Yeah, that one's a tough one because on the one hand, um, uh, Islam is uh, is a, a dangerous religion to criticize because the extreme of that particular religion uh, will kill violently uh, if, if you criticize it in just the wrong way. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, we definitely have created an environment of hostility and automatic assumption of guilt towards all Muslims in this country. So I'd probably lean more with the first one, but it is a, it is a harder answer. Right. So you have answered to the left side of each question, uh, even the, because it's a forced question that you have to, you know, you're not allowed to give commentary. You just have to pick one or the other. Which, by the way, referring to an earlier thing, it is true that you could show uh, an empathy class on both sides of that. But it seems like the empathy towards the uh, underdog is the theme on the left. And the empathy yeah. to the to the say the one in power well i don't know is the one on the right again uh, people on the right will say they're the underdog well no but yeah, sure you could say whatever you want but em- empirically like what i'm saying is that the u.s compared to every other country in america let alone every latin american country is absolutely wealthier and every citizen in the u.s yeah but that's not what they would identify what they would identify with is that they feel put upon no i know they feel that way yeah, but I'm saying if you're so like, let's bring an impartial third party judge and look at both and say, okay, which of these two classes of people would you categorize as having more or less power? Yeah, we've been in this argument before, bro. There's no way to empirically measure this. If you're Come a, on, man. if you're look, look, I sympathize with the left, and I absolutely will not call the Christian right uh, put upon class, but I will say that every group of people have been attacked by another group of people, whether or not sure. if that has been systematic and historic and disempowering to the, to the level of some groups that have been put upon, like poor people, black, particularly black poor people, people with mental illness. You know, there's, there's groups of people that are, you know, it's hard to argue that they're not put upon. But the point is, is that if you live in those pockets, it's not hard for them to identify i've already agreed with that many times anyone can agree on whatever with themselves but what i'm saying is you i mean you have to admit that there are power imbalances all over the world yeah elite uh seattleites liberal seattleites have tremendous amount of power right and so the elite left seattleites have a tremendous amount right yeah so when you look at uh but for example not in washington right (laughs) not yet so when you look at a pocket of any one of these questions. It's like, okay, on the one hand, you have a set of people that for essentially millions of years, and now certainly for the last few decades in the workforce and et cetera, have been harassed, groped, uh, co- you know, coerced, et cetera. And, and now that pocket of people is being told, oh, you're oppressing this other pocket of people that have been doing all those things for all those years. So, so if, if you were trying to see like, well, 
if we were going to advantage one side, even potentially unfairly, which one would we? And that's a question. Well, same, yeah, I mean, same question yeah, with the first one, the same. And what I'm saying but is, like, your, but your original thing was you were trying to make an argument. Correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. That the right lacks empathy. I, I was, but then I corrected it to the right lacks empathy for the underdog. What I'm saying is that they, because of their narrative that has been told to them and because they lack understanding and exposure and because the left has attacked them and not given them an opportunity to come over to the oh, reality. That, that's ridiculous. That one is a ridiculous statement. Who's attacked the, the right and not giving them the opportunity to come over? You're joking, right? I'm not. I'm so serious. The Daily Show, Colbert, you. They're making fun of politics in general is attacking them and not being able Calling to... Calling them like, that they lack empathy is not an attack on half of America. Well, but I mean, it's an attack of like some words, right? It's like saying like, okay, you guys lack yeah, that's empathy. That's right, Berto. You can say any... People can say words. Well, they can. They can. Other people can send bombs to people. Like, there are differences, <laughs> Right, like I just brought up three pretty easy examples. Someone can of say people on the left attacking people on the right. Right. Someone can and say, I "Hey, don't, I don't think you can hey, argue." I will that. pay for your legal fees if you beat that up. Someone can send a bomb to someone. Other people can say, "Hey, these people seem to lack empathy." These are not equivalent. <laughs> by by trying to call it all even, it, I never it is a said disservice. it was even. Uh, you always accuse me of calling it even. No, you always accuse me of not calling it even. <laughs> You're calling half of Americans lacking empathy. No, I, and I'm I just didn't. saying that's not like. No, that's that's not right. I didn't say that. I thought you just said that you said that. No, I I say I agree with you that in the past and and even in this conversation, I was trying to point out that it seemed like they were lacking lacking empathy, and you correctly pointed out. No, I mean they're they're being empathetic for a different group. So then I modified it to say, okay, I think that you're right. It seems that there is a different theme then, because there is a theme. If you if you track these questions, there is a theme. Okay. One side is like, hey, look, the trans people, like, let's give them rights. Oh, no, I don't think they deserve special rights. The other one is like, hey, look at these immigrants in this caravan. We should do something. It's like, no, they should build a wall. And you could track it issue by issue. And in all of them, it seems like the the if the argument is trying to make an argument for like an underclass, like, it's like, no, let's protect the overclass. The rich should get the tax breaks. The, the women shouldn't have the right to choose. All these kinds of things. It's like, just track it across all the issues. And you're right. They are being empathetic, but to their privileged class. Uh, yeah, in general. I'll agree with that. Right. Okay, A and B on this. Which of the following statements do you agree with more? The different, so all those that we just, you know, so we just went over four different things. And according to this poll... It's, and I would have gone. It's basically 50-50. We have immigration yes. impact. We have sexual harassment, white privilege, and uh, fear of fear of Muslim people. And to your point earlier, my answer would have been black or white because I couldn't have write, wrote in my subtleties. Right. Yeah. So it's right. Like, I've, so far, I'm all the way on the left. Right. Yeah. So that's why yeah. I don't really What's like the those. next one. Uh, a or B. The differences between Americans are too big for us to work together anymore. Or B. The differences, okay. the differences between Americans are not so big that we cannot come together. I see. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, where do I really net out? Um, I guess I would look at it as there are, there are more people. A or B. Okay. B. The, the, uh, the, they're not so big that we can come together. Because there are more people. There's like 60, maybe 70% of people that could agree. Okay. So, yeah, this is not a split. So about 
uh, about eighty percent of people agree with you, Berto, but in twenty percent say, "Yeah, there's no, okay. there's no chance." Um, okay, so what the research found was that uh, so when you look at those kinds of things, you're like, "Oh, we have right and we have left, right?" Mm-hmm. You have people who are uh, sympathetic to Mus- to bleeding this, heart liberals, to, yeah, Muslims and immigrants right. and women and sexual harassment and white privilege and all this kind of stuff and, and people who are not. Like and, Jesus loving freaks and, oh wait, that's backwards. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Christians who give to the poor and, uh, yeah. you know, kiss the feet of the uh, sex worker and all that kind of stuff. Um, but when they actually looked at individual groups, uh, statistically, they found that there are eight different tribes in America, or seven different tribes, sorry, seven different distinct groups. Oh. Uh, but before we get into that, let's take a break. What do you say, bro? Let's do it. All right, we're back from the break, and we are going to go over the seven different tribes of America. Uh, but really, there's another tribe, and that is patrons of the podcast. And if you, the eighth tribe. Yeah. Um. And uh, be in that tribe or, you know, be a jerk face. That's the only good tribe. Every other tribe sucks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the different, the different tribes identified by this hiddentribes.us are progressive activists. Progressive activists. 8% of the population. Okay. These are deeply concerned with issues concerning equality, fairness, and America's direction today. They tend to be more secular, cosmopolitan, and highly engaged with social media. So this would be people like me. This is this is probably me. <laughs> I'm probably like in a progressive. I said at the beginning, I'm probably a progressive. Yeah. And, you know, based on my behavior, mostly on the podcast, I would say, and with my clients and my students and my supervisees, I guess I absolutely do um, engage in activism. Uh, okay, so number two is traditional liberals. This is about 11% of the population. Tend to be cautious, rational, and idealistic. They value tolerance and compromise. They place great faith in institutions. So th- these, hmm. these I would say, would be probably older Democrats, honestly. I guess so. Um, caution, cautious, rational, and idealistic liberals. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, Passive liberals, this is 15%. This is a pretty big group tend to feel isolated from their communities. They are insecure in their beliefs and try to avoid political conversations. (laughs) Oh, boy. Not you and me. (laughs) They have a fatalistic view of politics and feel that the circumstances of their lives are beyond their their control. Oh, I've certainly... I do know people like this where, you know, if I make the mistake of bringing up some current event news thing or whatever, it's like, oh, I just don't even listen to anything. You know, it's like this, like, oh, I just can't... There's nothing we can do. It's just... I don't even want to talk about it or think about it. Right. So it's interesting. So, so this is this. These are people who are um, on the left. Yeah. So you have. Yeah. That, if you ask them about these issues, they'll probably lean left. Right. So, so on those four questions, they'll yeah. they'll answer similar to you. Um, but you have activists who do something about it. People who march. People who sure. create things. You know, podcasters, writers, um, politicians, mm-hmm. people who are raising money or involved in political organizations. You have traditional liberals who I, you know, I say older people, but I'm sure there's a lot of younger traditional liberals too. So these are people who aren't activists. 
they probably vote and they're probably, you know, and they like institutions. So they're like, you know, right. belief in the political system or something like that. And then you have passive liberals who I guess you would just sort of like say they're um, apathetic or, yeah. or cynical liberals. Right. Okay. And then, you, and then you have in the middle, you have the politically disengaged. This is 26% of the population. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> they are untrusting, suspicious about external threats, conspiratorially minded, and pessimistic about progress. They tend to be patriotic yet detached from politics. So hmm. it's important to note that these people are not on the right or the left. They're in the middle. So they don't necessarily, you know, when it comes to sexual harassment, for example, right. they're like, well, I don't know, you know, yeah. and and uh, I think, yeah, I think some people are getting a little out of control. But it's all rigged anyways. Right. So, but they're disengaged. They're and just, they're they'll just probably like, say like both sides are, are rigged or, you know, it's all, it's like the powers that be like that kind of thing, right? I guess. Cynical. Yeah. Then you have the moderates. These are we're heading into the right side here. Fifteen percent of the population are engaged in their communities, well informed and civic minded. Their faith is often an important part of their lives. They shy away from extremism of any sort. So these would be like like George Bush people, um, you know, people who vote Republican, but uh, are not. Uh, they don't. They don't watch Alex Jones. They probably don't right. like Hannity. And they're probably like sort of silently horrified right now, but but not enough to change their vote. But like, yeah, uh. I actually know a lot of people like that. I know a lot of Republicans who would fit this bill. Yeah. They're not activists by any you know stretch. They are just generally speaking, they vote Republican. They're just like, well, I like lower taxes. Right. I feel like the left is a little out of control. They yeah. probably live in a conservative area. Right. They're they're probably business owners. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they 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 deal with taxes all the time and right. regulations all the time. And so it's it's kind right. of a government's like over regulating me and taxing me and stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, and they don't tend, and they're probably doing okay in life. Is right. the thing. Uh, traditional conservatives, nineteen percent of the population. So this is the biggest. Uh, of the tribes that isn't, you know, the disengaged group. Yikes. Traditional conservatives tend to be religious, patriotic, and highly moralistic. They believe deeply in personal responsibility and self-reliance. So these are like, you know, these are the, you, you hear a lot of rhetoric from these people. Get off my lawn. They took our jobs. Right. Uh, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Right. It wasn't luck. Uh, it's hard work. Lazy people don't deserve a handout, you know, those kinds of things. Uh, then you have the devoted conservatives. This is actually a small group. It's the smallest group, 6%, are deeply engaged with politics and hold strident, uncompromising views. They feel that America is embattled, and they perceive themselves as the last defenders of traditional values that are under threat. Mm -hmm. So these are, I mean, it's interesting they're calling them devoted conservatives, you know. Uh, I would just call them like Alex Jones Hannityites, or or you know the the loudest Trumpites. You less, know what I less, mean? Less uh, brief. <laughs> I mean, but I don't think they would consider that to be an insult. They'd be like, absolutely, Hannity is. We could, yeah, we could maybe call them the MAGA people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, MAGA people. Except MAGA is probably larger than that group. But well, oh. but that's but yeah. that's an interesting thing to think about because yeah. there are plenty of people who voted for Trump, for example, that may not wear the hat. 
Well, they would, ne- yeah, they would never wear the hat. And I, so I personally know people who voted for Trump who hate him. Yeah, right. And I, I actually do too. <laughs> because yeah. they they think he's as much of a douchebag as anybody else. Right. But they're Republican, and they didn't want a uh, Democrat liberal uh, on in in you know as a president. Crooked, crickly, crickly, uh, Obamarelli. Yeah. So anyway, so it's interesting, right? It's that you break it out by a spectrum, and and according to this this article, they call the the wings. So the left wing are the political uh, progressive activists, which is just an eight percent group on the left. Mm-hmm. And then on the right, the wing is actually comprised of 25% because it in- includes both the traditional conservatives oh, and the devoted conservatives. It's much larger. Right. So I don't know how they work that out. but uh, And then in the middle, you have these five groups or these four groups. They call them the exhausted majority. So these are the traditional liberals, the passive liberals, the politically disengaged, and the moderates. I see. So yeah, I would I would characterize these people as like... Democrats and Republicans the way they used to be, like in starting, you know, ending probably in, I don't know, the year 2004 or something. This doesn't seem to include, uh, which is maybe a good thing because the percentages might just be too small. Um, like Antifa and uh, the alt-right. Yeah. Right. Those those would be further on each side. Right. So those are probably extremely... Uh, limited in terms of percentage right. and just not worth mentioning, right. but they get a lot of media attention. Right. It's sort of like how many people agree with the Hillsborough church? They're the, they're the feathers on the wings <laughs> or the dust on the feathers of the wings, you know, but you know, Hillsborough church, for example, yeah. every, most people have see, had know about them, particularly 10 years ago. You know, they were the people, where are they like Indiana or something? They have signs that they go to, you know, they'll go to uh, gay pride parades in a, in San Francisco and they'll hold signs that say, God hates fags. Yeah. With it just front there. These are church going Christians right, right, right. and they're, they're kids. There's like eight yeah. year olds holding signs that say that. I mean, it's a cult. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, we know about them. Yeah. But how representative are they of the right? Right. Yeah. Not very. But, know? but it is interesting because the, like... The founding fathers were what percentage of the country, <laughs> right? And every revolution seems to start with a micro, 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 micro percentage of extremists. And so it's still risky. Uh, it's still risky to not, you know, pay attention to those extremes. Uh, but you're right. The, the but percentage is very small. By paying attention to them, we give them power. And by blowing them up as a straw man of that rep, of that side of the aisle is also uh, inaccurate, and yeah, and, that, and that is part of the problem, you know. To to so so for example, uh, people on the right will see Democrats as like screeching feminazis who uh, you know deny. I don't know, any kind of threat from any criminal who want to like just open up the doors to prisons, just completely eradicate the borders. Uh, No one has to work. Everyone, you know, there's there's a version of that person on the left that they point to that they're like, see, Democrats. That's not fair, right? Well, it's not fair the other direction. I I agree with that point, but I 
I don't know if I agree with not paying attention. And the, the reason is because, like, in Latin America, like in Colombia, uh, the massive, massive gorillas that we saw in the uh, 80s, 90s, and, and now not as much, but still there, uh, they started with just a few disenfranchised, very poor farmers that had had enough and were left, left, left-leaning extremists and took to the jungles. And they were ignored by their country, by their politicians, by everyone. And then they started these massive movements that grew over time. Same thing with the right extremists who were these disenfranchised, quote-unquote, uh, attacked uh, rich farmers well, who were kidnapped and blah, could, blah, blah, by the left. You could literally say the Nazi party was right, kind right. of an ignored minority. Right. So I'm saying like, like – by fully ignoring them, we run the risk that they grow like a cancer. But how do we address them? I think that is a very complicated that's a fair, question. That's a fair question. And the the answer, I don't think, is the way that it's typically done, which is to um, uh, blow them up as bigger than what they are. Ah, I'll just speak for myself. When I hear people on the right pointing towards a you know feminazi screeching about this and that, and saying, you know, Democrats are so stupid, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. When they do that, I hate those people on the right so much for doing that, that I have sympathy for the screeching feminazi. Uh-huh. And then I start to sort of, I sort of start apologizing for the feminazi. Right. I start even maybe adopting their point of view and their, their version of the narrative. Right. So the, uh, so to uh, if we're going to try to help people on the right uh, have sympathy for Muslims, for example, uh, calling them a bunch of fucking racists who have no empathy, I do not think that is the answer. I think that assuming they have empathy and just assuming that they can be reached, many of them can, uh, with a good argument. Let me give you an example. So... When we are talking about gun rights, that's obviously a very touchy subject, right? Yeah. And when we are talking about suicide, uh, one of the biggest factors for suicide prevention is getting rid of guns in the house, right? Yep. Because if you have a gun and you have a sudden spike in motivation, it's over because it's so lethal. It's so easy. You just point it at your head, pull the trigger, boom. Oh, yeah. So getting rid of the guns is a key element in preventing suicide. Now, when you are in a conservative community and you're a therapist and you go and you're a liberal therapist, for example, and you're talking to a family about getting rid of the guns, they are going to perceive that as a threat to the second right, you know, yeah. rights. And they're like um, – and they're much they're not very likely to comply and therefore people will die. Research shows when they actually and they've looked into this that when you sell it in a conservative way which might not feel natural to you mm-hmm. it actually is much more successful. Can you can you imagine what would a therapist have to say to sell the idea in a uh, pro second amendment, you know, republican uh uh, verbiage. What would they have to say? Uh, something like get you know register at the gun range. Um, have uh, you know maybe maybe have a locked secure location that's not 
at the house uh, that you can uh, when you want to go hunting or um, something like that. Well, that's per- I mean, I I think what you're getting at is like try to work. Don't say get rid of the guns, but right. try to um, quarantine the guns in, in a fact, way. Come, yeah, like you come with some gift certificates for the local gun range. Free so, bullets. <laughs> so we could see that working, but the other one wouldn't work because a lock, they would just unlock it and kill themselves. No, 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 but but it's not in the house. And But the, but I thought you said like the, the, second, the... the second... Well, these are adults with the oh, guns. I see, I see. <laughs> these are 65-year-old... Well, I, I don't know. I these don't are know. 65-year-old men. I don't know what the right-wing argument would be. Who have like 15 guns in their house and, uh, of various uh, different sizes, and, and most of them, and maybe none of them are locked up, but maybe all of them are locked up, but the 65-year-old man has the key to those things. So, okay. Maybe give the bullets to so, someone else. So it's hard, right? So it's a hard. It's hard to know because you do not come from the right, and because you don't. You don't know, and probably can't even empathize with anything that that comes from their world. Right? You're just like that whole thing is silly, right? Uh, yeah. Well, at least it's irrational. Yes. Right. So you can't culturally meet them because you're not. You haven't had enough contact with them, or you don't. You can't sympathize with them. Yeah, like I, I had a, a debate a few days ago. I, I don't know if you know. There's there's a bill coming on on the ballot for, in Washington uh, to make stricter gun laws, and it's I forget the number, uh, but uh, someone on my Facebook feed made a post uh, saying that they they uh, oppose that bill, and so I asked, oh, how come? You know, I just said, oh, that's interesting. Why, why do you oppose it? And <laughs> so I just want to say, if I would have stopped you and said, how well do you think this is going to go? Well, this is not one of my extremist friends. Oh. This one is actually someone that I agree with on a lot of stuff. Oh, really? So I was a little surprised. Oh. So I'm like, all right. So wait, this is someone who's typically left, but is... I a- mean, this person is a firefighter and and conservative. Oh, actually, no, no. I do know this because I, I voted... Um, uh, I've already voted. Have you already voted? Uh, I have not, but I I've, I know quite a bit of the bill. So yeah, this so there's a there's a ballot measure or an initiative that Washington State is voting on that will. Are you talking about the the one for the police? No, this one is uh, basically it requires you to have properly secured your weapons, and if they if they're not properly secured, and someone in in a few da- endangered categories uh, gets a hold of it, you could be held civilly liable for that. Uh, I see. And then there's other provisions where they make more – they categorize a set of guns as uh, so, so assault let, weapons. So let me get it. So if you have a gun and you don't properly lock it up and someone else who is a vulnerable person yeah. gets access to, access to your gun – And uses it. Either to kill themselves or kill other people That's or right. whatever, then you as the gun owner can be – Prosecuted so, civilly. Isn't that true already? Apparently not. Interesting. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, so the so my my conservative friend, but whom I actually agree with on a lot of stuff, um, he just said he wasn't supportive, and so I said, "Oh, how come?" Uh, he wrote back this long, long, long thing about how he, in general, disagrees with laws. <laughs> just in general, he disagrees with laws because so he thinks that libertarian. laws are limiting and blah blah. blah. So, and then his main concern with the law specifically was that he thought it was completely wrong to hold someone liable for someone else's actions, even if, if you went to superhuman lengths to secure a weapon, which actually is not what the bill says. But So, you know, I, I kind of went back and forth. Another friend that I have 
on that Facebook realm who is mostly further right, mostly, though he's not on every issue, but mostly, uh, also said that they definitely oppose it. And then, and then the conversation basically turned completely hypothetical about all about like how law, like, yeah, how laws are just basically limiting a freedom. Like it was all about this idealistic. So it wasn't about the specific points of the bill. And, you know, and I was trying to say, well, so then it sounds like you oppose any of the existing laws, like, right. And, you know, this like stop signs. Yeah. Like, well, and certainly any laws concerning any guns, right? Like, so, and, and, and I will give credit to the original poster in that he said, yeah, I actually feel the same way even about nuclear weapons. So I, I think it's, crazy but okay they're being intellectually consistent but i think a lot of people are not intellectually consistent on this front right so anyways my point with all this is yeah like i think there is this hard it is hard for me to put myself in their shoes and logically see how that makes sense yeah that is difficult for me right so what they found was that when you talk with individuals and families who are on the right and staunch Second Amendment people about uh, separating the suicidal person from the weapons. You, I can't remember the exact language, but you say phrases like "responsible gun owners" uh, who who are you know I can't remember the exact words, but "responsible gun owner" was in there. Listen to my 11-hour, my 13-hour deep dive on suicide because okay. I actually, actually, actually go into this at some point. But, but yeah, you use uh, responsible gun owners. The other th- oh, the other thing you have to say is that uh, you have to say a caveat of, of course, getting rid of your gun will not mean that one can't still hurt yourself because right. they still have knives and there's right, bridges. Right. It's not that guns are the only way yeah. that people can harm. Hey, guns don't kill suicide victims. Yeah, because they will – and I wouldn't have thought of that, but it made total sense to me because to them, you know, this a, a very common argument that they get into either witnessing or personally yep. themselves is, wait, uh, you know, it's the person who kills the person. Right. It's, the, it's the person who's the murderer. It's not the gun's Guns fault. Guns don't kill people. People kill people. And – there are people who kill lots of people with knives or, sure. you know, whatever. Or co- nuclear bombs. Or cars, <laughs> cars or whatever, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and so they don't like guns being unfairly singled out. And so when you're talking with suicidal people about guns, you, you need to include that. And what they found is greater success rate. So my point is, is that it's, uh, there's, there's different cultural pockets. It, it, and- I, I, I understand that. It's like when you have to talk to a little baby or – or a dog. You have to come down to their level. Otherwise, they won't understand what you're talking about. So Republicans uh, tweet Umberto at psychoberto.com. That's psych zero Berto. Uh, okay. That no, was, I always say dot com. Sorry. Psych zero Berto. That, that was a bit unfair. Dogs are really smart creatures. <laughs> okay. So, other, uh, so when they actually look at other uh, political points of view and broke it out by these different tribes – they uh, found the following. So uh, A or B, Berto, but b- regarding DACA, undocumented immigrants. Okay. Undocumented immigrants who arrived as children and, and grew up here should be protected from deportation and given the chance to earn citizenship. So 
you know, right. immigrants who arrived as children and grew up, you know, they, they got here when they were four and now they're 20. Right. Should they be considered an, should they be deported back to Mexico or should they be allowed to get right. citizenship or B the government should be able to deport anyone living in America who doesn't have a legal right to be here. A or B Berta. Wow. <laughs> That's easy. Easy peasy. A. Yeah. So, now, when you break it out by the tribes, what you find is a spectrum of agreement with it. So, of course, the progressive activists, 99% agree with you. Of course. So, basically, I, I just I'm surprised that they're 1%. Yeah, I'm surprised about the lack of 100%. <laughs> All the way on the other side, the other wing. 0%. <laughs> no, uh, 72%. Whoa. Yeah. So, Wait, what? So, isn't that interesting? That's bro? very shocking. I know, because but, you have no faith. But, in, but actually, yeah. I, I will say, I guess when you put it, yeah, because there comes a point at which it's impossible for an average intelligence human being to be completely disingenuous. And so when you're like, look, these, did not cro- these people did not cross illegally themselves. They came as children. They have been here. They've been working. They've been paying taxes. At that point, it must become really, really difficult to still be like, no. <laughs> so 72% yeah. uh, don't agree, but 28% do with you. Uh, uh, by the way, uh, a parenthesis, uh, around t- a decade ago, up until a decade ago, or even maybe less than that, uh, I had a very staunch uh, attitude towards illegal immigration. And I felt like, here was my main point. Hey, I did. I had to go through the whole process, you know. My mom came here; she became a citizen, and then I didn't even get made a citizen through her. I had to then become go through the process at in, when I was like twenty one, and then I became a citizen. And uh, I can't bring family members from Colombia easily because they can't even get visas. So I think all this illegal immigration is bullshit. They should all get deported. Like I used to be very hardliner on it until I I like started looking into it a bit more. And, and just kind of started realizing how I'm still privileged. Like, my story is not one of horrors. It's so, one of privilege. So, without going into detail, which we don't have time for, you started as a devoted conservative on this issue. On this issue. And well, at slowly least, but surely. If they're okay with me having come here, I mean, I, you know, with that caveat. Slow, well, but there actually, there are plenty of... Uh, Latinos who are oh, devoted, yes. okay. devoted conservatives. So you have, uh, I mean, they're much more likely to yeah, be yeah. Democrat, but they're certainly. So you uh, very slowly worked your way to where you are today. And most of that came from uh, calm education, reaching out, th- you know, thinking, uh, people. I'm hoping not attacking you for your points of view. And it was a progression. It took a lot of time. Yeah. And you lived in Seattle. <laughs> so, you know, there's, uh, and you're an immigrant yourself. So right. there's this, there's yet a lot of things working in your favor. And the, the point I want to make here is that if we're going to help people to uh, have a more, uh, what we would call a progressive or left attitude about this issue, we have to figure out a way to help MAGA people and, you know, uh, the um, other kinds of Republicans to understand that. So actually, the, so the different 
kinds of, um, they actually didn't break it out by tribes. I'm misreading this, by the way. So, so the, you have the people on the wings. You have the progressive activists, 99% are pro-immigrant, and devoted conservatives are 72% anti-immigrant, you know, anti-DACA. And then they broke it out by strong Democrat, Hispanic, Roman Catholic, white, and strong Republican. So strong Democrats are uh, a little less likely. So, so, you know, if you go from left to right, yeah. you have progressive activists, strong Democrats, Hispanic, which is interesting. So Hispanic people are less likely to agree with you on this issue right. than strong Democrats and progressive activists. Roman Catholics are st- we're still left leaning. White people still left leaning on this. Sixty one percent of white people agree with uh, you, Berto. And then you get to strong Republican, and then to vote to conservatives, and then you get a majority. You of know, them. I, one of the things, one of the things that at least in Colombia, at least in my pocket of Colombia, so that I, I don't overgeneralize. Um, there was definitely a. A sense of like, look, anyone who's part of your family or someone that you have been introduced to, you are super welcoming to. It's, you know, everyone's friendly. It's great, right? But if you don't know them, they're not part of your family, fuck them. That's their own problem. Mm. That, that was such a common attitude as I was growing up there. And, and I saw it all over the place. Like, hey, that's not my problem. Hey, I, I, hey, I, I have a job. They don't. That's not my, you know, like that kind of thing, right? Hmm. Uh, and so, I feel like, and I, in this category, for some reason, I was in sort of that boat. Like, hey, I got here illegally. Fuck them, right? Right? Like, fuck them. Interesting. So let's go over some of the other uh, polarizing points of view. Feminism, A or B, Berto. Today's feminists fight for important issues, or B. Today's feminists, f- today's feminists just attack men, A or B. Oh, man. <laughs> Point five. <laughs> um, I mean, that's not fair to say today's feminists just attack men. I, that's, that's too far. So, Well, it's empirically silly. I mean. And what was the first statement? Today's feminists fight for important issues. In general, more in general, A. Yeah. Then more in general, B. <laughs> well, it's interesting that you struggle with this one because to me, in my world, feminists are very level-headed people who actually don't do anything on the internet. Most of the feminists that I know don't do anything on the internet. But I guess I'm best I'm guessing most of the feminists you know, I don't know feminists. I'm just seeing feminists online. Online, that's my point. Is like it, and this is the problem I run into with people uh, who, you know, email for the podcast, you know, comment on YouTube and stuff. It's like their idea of feminism is what they've seen on YouTube, which I just have to say is like, uh, you know, <laughs> that'd be like saying, I don't know, like your idea of eating food comes from watching f- people eat food on the Internet. It's just like it's not the same thing when all the feminists, you know, 99 percent of the feminists I know are they don't care about the internet. They don't, they're not, that's not a, that's not an important thing to them. What they care about is what's happening around them. And, you know, yeah, they're, but they're it's acti- not unsurprised because since most people don't know those feminists, it seems like. <laughs> right. Right. And so I try to explain. And, and, and I gotta, I mean, I just gotta be more explicit in this case that 
I actually don't. It's not like on a daily basis I see feminist comments or commentary all over the place. What happens is I have a few negative examples in my head, yes, from YouTube things. And that makes it a little harder for me to answer this question. But because I, I'm mostly aware of what you're saying, I'm like, no, I'm sure it's more, more A than B. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're a feminist. By definition. Right. By the way we've defined it before, yes. By the definition of feminism, yeah. you and I are feminists. And I hope you don't annoy yourself very much. No, I, I don't think I do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Police brutality, A or B, Berto. The police are often more violent towards African-Americans than others, or B, the police are mostly fair towards people of every race. I'm just going by, by uh, statistics. Uh, a. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, research, em, empirical research shows there's a large even study in Seattle that demonstrated that when a African-American, you, you present uh, the same exact presentation to a police officer for a white person or a black person, the black person is much more likely to be treated harshly or frisked or charged or detained or, you know, all the things that yeah. police have choices, you know, because like you find someone who has, uh, this is, you know, back when marijuana was illegal. Right. You find someone who has, you know, a joint in their pocket. If they're a white kid from suburbia, the police officer, you know, in general, is more likely to just be like, "Hey, you know, right? It's the po- you know, I'll, I'll, I'll let you off with a warning." And if they're a black person who quote unquote look like a thug, mm-hmm. which you know, what the fuck does that mean, right? Just like fashionably <laughs> urban, shall we say? Right. Uh, much more likely to be at the very least harassed and 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 at, at worst even charged for something that other people would never be charged for. Not to say that there aren't some police officers who would absolutely even be biased for black people and against white people, but when you study this empirically with observational science, yep. time and time again, you see that police treat African Americans in general a little bit more unfairly and in some instances uh, drastically more unfairly. Yeah, I mean, so like my own experience, and I am not black, so I, I I wouldn't even be experiencing the same thing. But I am Latin, and um, or at least I don't look like a typical, I should say, wasp type, you know, uh, male in this country, uh, especially the north north part or something. So, but I will say I've never personally been harassed. Uh, or been treated unfairly by a cop that stopped me, in my personal experience. The only time I was ever profiled uh, was, uh, I think, totally well-deserved, <laughs> which was in, in Florida when I was, um, you know, in a, in a Jaguar with my buddy without a license driving at like 130 miles an hour um, with me drunk in the passenger seat. And we got stopped because they thought we were drug runners. Hey, man, they absolutely needed to stop us. But other than that, I've never actually. But I'm, but I'm not. I'm just one person. You have to look at the stats. Because, yeah. you know, my anecdotal evidence is, is pointless right. in the grand scheme of things. Right. And I'm not and, even black. Right. And that's what a lot of cops will do when I'm talking to them about this. They'll just be like, I don't discriminate against black right. people. And I'm like, okay, it's possible. 
I doubt it that you aren't at least slightly biased, you know? Uh, I mean, the example that I always give is like, okay, a 88-year-old woman with gray hair and a hunched over back is running down the street with a bag full of money <laughs> uh, uh, and, and might, looks like she might have a gun in her purse. Or a 22-year-old black male right. with tats and, you know, dreadlocks <laughs> has, you know, is running down the street with a bag full of money and it looks like he has a gun in, in his pocket. Right. Who do you think the police are going to shoot? The grandma. Uh, yeah. It's just like, it's such an obvious thing. So you can't say that there isn't some bias. Is the 88-year-old grandma, you know, capable of pulling that gun and shooting you? Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. But what they'll say is like, even if they agree, they'll say like, well, 88-year-old grandmas don't kill people. You know, black thugs right. kill people. You know, it's just like, okay. Anyway. And by statistics, they're actually right. <laughs> okay. So, uh Let's go over some very polarizing things, uh, looking at the different wings. So you got the progressive activists on the left, and you have the devoted conservatives on the right. So uh, yes or no, Berto, men and women have different roles. Different roles? Uh, Yes. Yes, they do. They do. Okay, so you're in the 15% of progressive – are you a progressive activist? Um, not really, I don't think. Well, who, which, which group did you identify with? I don't know. It's kind of hard to identify with any of them. Well, you have to pick one of them. Uh. Are you a traditional liberal or a passive liberal? I I think think you're a progressive activist, Berto. I I guess so. I I just just don't think. Okay, fine. I'm a progressive activist who disagrees with some things on the progressive left. I mean, you're secular, you're cosmopolitan. Yeah. And you're highly engaged in social media. Yes. You're very concerned about equity. Yes. And fairness. Yes. And the way America is headed yes, today. Yes, you're right. I'm a progressive activist. I just disagree with some progressive activist positions. Sure. But anyway, so you're among the 15% of progressive activists who say yes to that question. Uh, 91% of devoted conservatives say yes, men and women have different roles. Uh, yes or no, Berto. Men start off with an advantage. Yes or no. Uh, men over women in the world. Uh, yes, they okay. still do, unfortunately. So you're in the 91 percentile of progressive activists, whereas only 18% of devoted conservatives say yes to that question. I mean, that is incredible. The first question is just like, well, it's that's a cultural thing. Men and women have different roles. Fine. Like, you, I, I, if someone, if if someone, like when you said yes, men and women have different roles, like, I'm just like, okay, fine. Like, I mean, they, by definition, they do because men can't, Give birth to a baby. Okay. So, you know, it's like... Like, so it's an impossible... So if you I mean, answer he, fem- no, you have to d- define what we mean by roles. Sure. Feminists will say, it's fine if, you know, you want to adhere to traditional masculine or feminine uh, roles, as long as you're not oppressing other people in the process. Mm-hmm. You know, you can you can have different roles. It's fine. But, the, but the second one of men start off with an advantage... Uh, the vast majority of progressive activists are like, yeah, of course. And the vast majority of devoted conservatives are like, no. But they would have said no even 50 years ago. You know what I mean? What do you mean? They would have said no even in the 50s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They said no. men. In fact, it's harder for a man 
Man has to go to war. Man has to like work harder, work till they're which, tired every night. Which they, I won't disagree with. You know right. the the fact that men die in war and women are well, uh, they in, used to. Now women can die in war. Too. Yeah, but vast majority of the deaths are, sure. are men. Uh, and but men, men start the wars. <laughs> yeah, sure, not the same men. To be fair, so but, if you want to my, have a po- poorer. But, but my oppression. point is, is that whenever the right will bring up examples yeah. of this, I I see people on the left like really wringing their hands and and just like pushing back on it. Mm-hmm. Whereas I say, just agree with them. Just be like, you're right. You're absolutely yeah. right. And and that that's unfair to men. You know, it's unfair to men that they have to be the ones to die in war. Um, and <laughs> you know, you know. We can accept that. I can accept that. We're on the same page. And there's all this other stuff that we need to bring into the overall gestalt of the gender and how yeah. people are treated. Yes or no? How, hard work will always lead to success. Yes or no? No. Yeah. So you're in the 95% of progressive activists who say no to that. I mean, again, you got to define success, but clearly the majority of the world works their asses off daily in jobs none of us would want ever, and they never get out of that. Right. Yeah. So 92% of devoted conservatives say, yes, hard work will always lead to success. Eye-rolling sound effect insert. Government should take more responsibility to ensure everyone is provided for, yes or no? Uh, Yes. So this is a massive polarizing. um, Now, again, we're not looking at the majority of the people who are in the middle. Yeah. The majority of the people in the middle are much more wishy-washy on this. (laughs) But when we look at the far left and the far right, you have pretty much everyone uh, agreeing with you, Berto, and pretty much everyone on the left or on the right, the far right, disagree with you. Right. And, uh, and uh, someone was just reading this very, very acute uh, – I forget what it was. It was like uh, – it was a little story. I won't do it justice, so I won't tell it. But it was, it was this little story about the, uh, the, the, the extreme conservative man uh, as, as he goes through his day and he bemoans the leftist commie liberals the whole day. But in every point of his day – He's bemoaning them for things that they fought for him having, like his health care, his job protection, his social security, his, you know, uh, health, all these kinds of things, right? His roads, the public transportation he takes, like all these kinds of things that, that he goes through into the day. And the whole time, it's like, yes, some commie, leftist, wacko, liberal fought for you to have that. And, and it, so it's kind of interesting because, yeah, it's... It, it, of course, we believe government should have that role because, I mean, look, me coming from the outside looking in, I one of the reasons I dreamed about coming to live here in, in the United States is because I looked at at the infrastructure here. And every time I would visit, I was like, oh, look at these freeways and there's no holes on the road and I can drink the water, I guess, except if you're in Flint. But and I could like I don't I don't get sick from eating at an an average store until there started to be more equal. But but you get my point, like all the things I looked forward to about this country were mostly at a result of big government investments. Right. Massive. Yeah. I, I find that people, when they talk about their you know, disdain for government right. spending. They have clearly not spent time in other countries no. where they w- would die to have <laughs> enough money 
to pay for the government <laughs> programs that we have. Oh my god! Like I, I don't know if I, I told you. I think when I were, we were in uh, Bogota, I told you how the water main in my street would break constantly, and every six months we would have flood flooded streets yeah. for weeks until they could repair it. Yeah, I mean there are. <laughs> I mean, you, you could argue there are pockets in the United States that are like this, but overall, it's not like this. Yeah. That there are – we generally uh, trust the police. Yeah. I know there's been a lot of talk about, like, right. you know, bistro- but Generally, we do. But, yeah. And we certainly love the military, right? Our military, our armed forces. Right. And we're not worried that there's going to be, like, a coup. Right. Or an assassination or a complete – throwing out of the con like you know venezuela like to me venezuela is a modern country yeah that you know not too long ago was up and coming and was a regular western educated normal society yeah and now it has completely descended into uh, totalitarianism right because of shaky government systems and uh, economic issues and probably historical problems from U- the U.S. Um, interfering yeah, and, and possibly Russia interfering as well. And religious adoration of leaders. Yeah, just, just a system that, you know, is, is really struggling and it, and it lent itself to a totalitarian situation. And you, if you fully internalize example after example around the world – of these kinds of things happening, you just have to say, man, our society is working really fucking well. Like, we have issues, but the absence of what can happen and routinely happens around the world that is not happening in our society. Like, people talk about how no one trusts the government, no one trusts the police, and, you know, these sort of what I consider to be extreme statements. And I'm like, no, no, no. There's some there's some disagreement and there's some disillusionment, but not to the point where it has it can get. Right. There are there are societies where uh, you you don't even have trust in your money anymore. Like right. you just like money. You know when you pull out your credit card, you know that that thing has power. Yeah, and there yeah. are other societies where that's not true. Right. You know, your dollar bills mean nothing. Your hard work means nothing. You can't actually get ahead at all. And so, yeah, I, I, I just find that it's like uh, that sort of myopic view of what's happening in front of Americans' face. It just You just have to I, – I recommend that we try to progress our society forward. I'm not saying we should just be like, yeah, we live in a perfect society. But I just think some well, appreciation right. for some of the institutions and – and 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 I and what I appreciate is our general American uh, foundational trust and dedication to law and constitution and the standard of politics and the standard of society. I think it's you know I th- I think it's a wonderful thing. And I you know just coming back from Cuba and you know other places around the world, it's just like. It just makes me so sad for other people in other societies who don't have that kind of stability, you know? Yeah. Uh, yes or no, Berto? Proud to be an American? Um, I would have... I This is the hardest one, maybe. What am I proud of being an American for? 
Just yes or no. I know, but I, but to answer, I need to I need to think about what it is I'm proud of. Okay. Because I I guess I could be proud of the things you just mentioned. Right. right? But but right now, how do you answer? Right now, if if I'm in a different country and they ask me where I'm from, I'm gonna be shy about answering. Okay. So right this second, right this second, uh, oh man. Oh, you know what? No, actually, I'm going to go even further to the left. I'm going to say being an American is an antiquated idea. So uh, I'm proud of being a human. And that's becoming antiquated, too. Doesn't answer the question. Okay. So no, you're not. Well, that should have answered the question. (laughs) No, you just said you're proud of being a human. Being proud of being a human then means that, like... You can still be proud of being American and proud of being a human. Yeah, but, you know, it's like... If you're proud of being an American, you're basically saying that's a superset or a supercategory over human. And I'm saying no. The main the supercategory is human and then there's these little pockets underneath. Okay. So, I mean I, I I'm just thinking <laughs> So no, you're not proud of being American. So I'm not not proud of being an American. So you are proud to be an American. Yes or no? You have to answer. <laughs> but because well, pride comes before the fall yeah and so i'm proud to be an american because i know i'm free Pride doesn't necessarily come before the fall you can be proud of your family or proud of your accomplishments okay okay so let's talk about that uh proud of your family is in that sense it means you can be proud of being a colombian i'm so proud of you family like yeah because because you try hard right okay then i am proud of being an american because (laughs) because we we are still trying hard. Okay, yeah. fine. Yes. I'm I mean, proud. yeah, it, it's, it's, a, it's a fraught question. Uh, what do you mean by that? You know, because on, in, in American terms, if you say you're proud to be an American, if that's, if that's all you heard from someone, you would just assume they're a MAGA person, you know, or a, or a pro-colonialist or something. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, or denial of what, problems there are in america well because it also implies at the exclusion of other countries like i'm proud of being an american but you're right so it could imply that but it doesn't necessarily do that's right so if if we if we frame it more of like hey i'm proud of us we're still trying right so it's it's a really tough question to answer for liberals so about half liberals say yes half say no uh but almost every conservative uh Devoted conservatives, of course, says they are. Because the way I picture it is like I'm over there in some buffet in Europe, and someone's like, "Hey, where are you from?" And I stand up and I look them square in the eye. I'm like, "I'm an American." <laughs> well, that seems ridiculous. What have I done that's so special that makes me proud? Yeah, well, I, I think that's that's not what they're asking. I think they're asking about who knows what the fuck they're asking. Right. But the point is, is is that for progressive activists. Which I find to be kind of uh, surprising. Half say that they are actually proud to be an American. I would have thought that would have been more polarizing, like the other things. Like, well, but they could be going the other way, which is that you know, arguably, over half this country is to the left, and they look at it like we're still a shining beacon in the dark world. That's how I feel about it. I'm more, I'm more of a half full kind of person. But I don't think that's because of who we are, or where we were born. Well, you know, I, I, I do. We come from a we are we have you know the uh, history is long but it bends towards justice. You didn't do anything about that. You were born where you were born. 
True. But I'm, ta- I'm, I've, I stand on the shoulders of giants, but I continue the work. So is white pride okay? Can you be proud of yeah. being white? You absolutely can be proud of being white. Okay. If, it's, if it is uh, white pride like I hate black people and Jews and I like Nazis, then no. But if you have like more specific, you know, I'm part Swedish. And if I, I have Swedish pride, is that okay? Or, I don't know. Well, I'm now thinking that I, maybe yes, pride okay. in general is not good. It, it's only bad if it if it produces suffering and harm to other people. And I think it does. I, it often does. I think it, it most often does. Yeah. I don't think it most often. I, I does. think pride. I, there's a reason. They don't say you have pride, pride comes before the fall? Do you have pr- pride in this podcast? Do you have pride in the work you've done for this podcast? Yes, because I've that's done, not harmful. I have done that. Well, whatever. No, whatever. That, that is different. I can see your point. If it's something you've done and you're proud of it, I get it. What, what I find it hard is like, you didn't do white. You're just white. I'm, I'm proud that the Seattle Seahawks won the Super Bowl. Why? What, what did you do? Nothing. You didn't do nothing. I didn't do anything. So why are you proud of that? I, I like the Seahawks. That's where we disagree. So me, are you I'm proud? Now realizing, the, are you, on the fly, I'm realizing this. Are you proud of the, you know, of being a husky? Of, of no. Going, of going no. to UW? Nope. No pride. No, I am proud of me that I finally was able to get my shit together and graduate. Do you have any pride in being Colombian? No. No pride. But I am proud that I was able to, um, you know, sur- sur- able to survive through all those changes all those years. Because that's something I did. Is it okay that I have pride in my family for having survived being in prison during World War II? I mean, listen, I, I, I'm no one to say to anyone what they can be proud or not. What I'm saying is I'm defining it now for me that if it's something I did, I can be proud of it. If it's so, something someone else did, I have a, to use a different word. I'm impressed. I am uh, so, honored or I don't know. <laughs> so if, if someone has pride in being from Sweden of someone else, you're saying that's okay. Uh, what? That, you're, you're just saying you were – I'm just trying to clarify. No, 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 no. I'm proud of being from Sweden or I'm proud of being born in Tacoma. Those are not okay in my book. For anybody. For anybody because you didn't do that. <laughs> now, you could say – So I can't have pride in the fact that my family was imprisoned. In my definition, no. You have to use a different word. Wow. Like I'm honored or I am flabbergasted. I'm so impressed. Wow. I'm just defining it, you know, that's, on the fly. It's fucking bullshit. Well, but I mean, it's it's just a word, right? No, and it's it not just a fucking things. word. It's my word, and I'm using that word. And my well, family was in prison during World War right. II. And so you use a definition that means, like, I, I don't know exactly what it means, but it's like you're it's fucking so pride. impressed by like no, what they went through. I have pr- I have proud I have identity pride. Right. So you let it extend through your line, right? And I think a lot of people do that. Most people do it that way. Like, I'm a proud Scottish whatever, you know. Like, And most of my Colombian people would say, I'm a proud Colombian or proud. I am, I am realizing that the problem I have with the word is that it means the same thing in both directions, and that's confusing. Like, I'm proud yeah. of the podcast because I'm working on the podcast. There's a lot of different um, – but don't you also just have some pride of 
being a part of this thing. It is how it works. You're right. Like when, you, like when you graduate or you got your PhD, I would have imagined going up to you and be like, man, I'm so proud of you, right? But you didn't that, do anything. Well, that, that is how the word is used. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm saying. But I didn't do anything. Look, so why am I, I proud? I absolutely agree that it is dangerous and has been historically through millennia for groups of people to have quote-unquote pride mm-hmm. in their group in or their group. political s- section. Yeah. And at the exclusion and superiority of other groups and will enact horrific genocide and institutionalized horribleness. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But, I- but you know, uh, that's like saying... L- um, appreciation for one's government is evil. It's yeah. like, well, it depends it, on the government. It does, and it is just a word. And so, but that's why I'm struggling. It with isn't that just question. a word, bro. It's an experience. You keep saying that, like, oh, you can say words. Yeah, these represent, you know, experiences that people have. You but know, it is a label it, at the same time. It isn't. Yeah. But it isn't just a word. Like we can only describe our experiences through these words. And it's a powerful word. but Right. But some people, in some cases, find that a word doesn't actually describe their experience. Great. And that's why I'm finding that pride isn't the word I would use for me belonging to a country. Great. That's what I'm saying. I would use a word like, I'm lucky, I'm blessed, I am uh, so grateful but that doesn't, for the vicissitudes of life that I'm here. But that doesn't encapsulate what people are talking about when they're proud to be an American, for example. Right. And, and this, I think that's where, and so to circle back around, I think my answer is still no in the end, because I am realizing that if, if I want the word to mean something when I say it for, for what I've done, then it doesn't make sense that I would say it for something that I have no control over. Hmm. So then I would say I am very uh, lucky and grateful to be part of this country and thank you for the opportunity and I'm here to work hard but I'm not proud that I'm an American okay well tell us what you think comment email us are you proud to be wherever you're from or however else you feel about these things for a non-political podcast I don't even know why I went into this topic (laughs) but that is that Uh, thanks for joining us out there please take care of yourself and Maybe have pride because... You maybe deserve it.